coming up on Philosophy Talk. Why is there something rather than nothing? I think we really got something in. What do we got? An idea. What idea? An idea for the show. I still don't know what the idea is. It's about nothing. Right. Can you conceive of there not being a universe? What would it mean for there to be nothing? Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. Science can explain what happened, but it can't explain why anything happens at all. Does that make God something or nothing? Our guest is Jim Holt, author of Why Does the World Exist? They say, what's your show about? I say nothing. There you go. I think you may have something here. Why is there something rather than nothing? Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're here at the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that began at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. That's where Ken teaches philosophy, and I did for 40 years. Today, it's another installment in our philosophical guide to the cosmos. We're asking the age-old question, why is there something rather than nothing? Well, Ken, that's either a very silly question or a very profound one, or maybe both. What would an answer even look like? Well, ask yourself what w answers to why questions ever look like. There's two kinds of why questions, at least. There's the kind that asks for a reason or the kind that asks for a cause. We could be asking both of those things. Well, that's a great distinction. Reasons versus causes. But how does it help with our original question? Well, take an example. Ask yourself why I'm here in the studio today. What would a reason for that be? The reason you're here is because we're doing a show. Yeah, and if we wanted to explain the cause, we might describe it in terms of my how my body, together with my car, together with certain physical forces, got me from point A in space to point B in space or something like that. Okay, very good so far. But I just don't see how we could ever decipher a reason for the universe existing. Reasons, unlike causes, usually require someone to have beliefs, desires, and plans so that something is reasonable or not and can motivate them. You came to the studio today because you believed we were doing a show and you wanted to be part of it. But prior to the world existing, there was nobody who could have reasons for creating it. <laughs> Wait a minute, John. You're forgetting about the big dude in the sky, you know, God? Oh, him, sure. Well, lots of people probably think God decided, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I created a cosmos? Uh, and maybe that's how it happened, but that doesn't answer our question. Well, what do you mean? Why not? Why doesn't it answer our question? Well, is God something or nothing? Well, God's something, obviously, John. Well, so if the question is, why is there something rather than nothing, the answer would have to explain God's existence, too. No, 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 because God, John, explains his own existence. He's his own reason and his own cause. How do you like that? Uh, I think it's gobbledygook. <laughs> but at any rate, let's put it in a more mild way. I'm not completely convinced. <laughs> okay, so, so okay, I won't try to convince you. That'd take too long. So let's bracket God. Bracket reasons, if you like. There's no reason for the universe, but still, surely you, you grant that there's a cause to the 
the universe. I mean, you have heard of the Big Bang, haven't you, John? Oh, yes, I've heard of the Big Bang. But that's not a good answer to the question either, Ken. Oh, no, come on. Why not? That's a great answer. Why not? Well, you know, I don't have any creds as a cosmologist, I admit. But it seems to me if the Big Bang caused our universe, then it must have been an event, right? Well, yeah, it was the first event, the event that preceded all other events. I like to call it the beginning of all beginnings. Then it must have had a cause, too. Did the Big Bang just appear from nothing? Or was there some initial state or event that preceded it? I see what you're up to, John. You're pulling your old philosophical tricks on me. You're trying to get me trapped in an infinite regress, aren't you? You're trying to get me to say that if the Big Bang was an event, well, then it must have had a cause. And whatever caused the Big Bang must also have had a cause, and so on and so forth, and then we're down the rabbit hole. Well, uh, to trap you in infinite regress, we only have an hour. That wouldn't work unless... Every answer you give takes only half as long as the previous uh, well, answer. Yeah. I guess that's not the point you're no, making, no. though. Well, 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 <laughs> yes, look, I got it. I'm trying to trap you in an infinite yeah, regress. Yeah, okay, John. So look. What if what if we deny that the Big Bang was an event at all? It was no it was not an event. All right. If it wasn't an event, then it's a non event. It's not the Big Bang. Bangs are events. It's the big nothing. But how could a big nothing cause anything to come into existence? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, that's, I grant you that's, that's tricky. I mean, if you start off with absolutely nothing, no space, no time, no God, no initial conditions, then how does something come into existence from nothing? Is it magic? Well, maybe the world just is. Two of my favorite philosophers, David Hume and Bertrand Russell, thought that. Maybe it's just a brute fact. That God exists or that stuff exists, but there's no explaining how either of them got into the picture. Yeah, that just feels like a big cop-out to me. I mean, I admit that we haven't been able to figure out why there's something rather than nothing, but that doesn't mean there's no answer to the question, does it? Well, ask different people, get different answers. So we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Shuka Kalantari, to talk to some different people. One a devout Catholic, one a devout physicist. She files this report. Right before the Big Bang about 14 billion years ago, there was nothing. Nothing is, unfortunately, a complicated subject. Lawrence Krauss is a physics professor at Arizona State University and author of A Universe from Nothing. Nothing has a variety of forms, and the simplest is that um, empty space without any particles or radiation. Many people, that would have been the nothing of the Bible, for example, just an eternal void. That isn't nothing anymore because we understand that empty spaces, given the laws of quantum mechanics and relativity, is a boiling, bubbling brew of virtual particles that pop in and out of existence. So according to physics, before the Big Bang, there was empty space and virtual particles, a vacuum state. A vacuum state is not an empty void. It's not a state of nothingness. Zach Krajacek is vice president of the Station of the Cross, a Catholic radio station in Buffalo, New York. He says something must have created these virtual particles, some original creator. And then there's space itself. Space couldn't have come from nothing. But the physicist says that's not true. If you apply quantum mechanics to gravity, space itself may pop into existence, space and time, out of no space and time. And so you have no space, no time, no particles, no matter, no radiation. That's a pretty good approximation for many people about nothing. Bottom line? Krauss says there's no real difference between nothing and something, because out of nothing can come something. And it doesn't require any, certainly any supernatural shenanigans. This something from nothing idea doesn't fly with the Catholic. 
there had to be an initial cause, something outside this process that starts the chain. And that original prime mover uh, would be God. On the other hand, Krauss says this notion of a prime mover, of having an original cause, only works within the framework of space and time. But maybe there was no space or time before the Big Bang. If that's the case, then all these classical ideas about causality go out the window. You can't have a cause before you have time. And so if you ask what's the cause of something before there's time, it's, not, it's a meaningless question. And then physics forces us to change the, our understanding of things. Physics isn't forcing Krajasek to do anything. God is not part of the temporal world. He's, he exists separately from time. He could have chosen the Big Bang as the way to create the world in time. There is another theory about the beginning of the universe, the multiverse, the idea that other universes exist outside of our own. But our universe didn't exist. Everything we see did not exist, and that's what I mean. There was nothing. There was no space, no time, no matter, no radiation. Anytime you talk about the universe, whether it's this universe or another universe, it's still something that exists. And, you know, physics hasn't, or any science, has not been able to sh prove how these things came into being. ASU professor Krauss says the multiverse theory fulfills some people's notions that the hand of God was at play. Something that exists outside of our universe, outside the laws of physics that's eternal, etc. Well, the difference between the multiverse and God is the multiverse is well motivated by, by our ideas of physics, where God is just invented by people who want to stop thinking about the question. Zach Krujasek from the Station of the Cross Radio says physicists like Krauss can probe the origins of the universe all they want, but no one will ever be able to empirically find the answer. They can't prove or disprove the existence of God. We can, however, make reasonable conclusions about God's existence based on, for example, the beauty and the order of the universe, you know, and the things he's made. So it seems to me that nothing could be further from reason than to suggest that the order and beauty we see is the result of millions or billions of coincidences that are occurring constantly and have occurred constantly from the beginning of time. Arguing that science can never address the question suggests you know how the question can be addressed. And the point is we don't know what will always elude science. We just keep trying. Can physics figure out what came before the Big Bang? Can it unravel why we have something rather than nothing? Or is that beyond science? Maybe someone someday will discover the nature of the universe. In fact, maybe John and Ken can do it in the next hour. No pressure, gentlemen. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Shuka Kalantari. You can listen to the rest of this program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.